G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. As you know, there are lots of conferences on around the nation and lots of exciting themes and titles, but there's one coming up in Queensland that is a conference with the specific intent of bringing attention to one of the great hopes of Christianity, and that is the second coming of Christ. It's on in Brisbane, the 23rd and the 24th of June. The founder of the Future Hope Conference is Pastor Josh Pellow from City Point Church, Pine Rivers, and also the founder of a digital media ministry called Just One Media. And Josh is joining us to talk about the theme of the return of the King. Hello, Josh Pellow. Welcome along to 2020. Thanks, Neil. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. Now, Josh, this is not the first year you've run a conference like this, the Future Hope Conference. Uh, what sort of things will you be discussing? Uh, what sort of guest speakers have you got coming? Uh, the biggest themes. What, what's happening for the Future Hope Conference? Yeah, this year we're excited. Uh, this is our second year. That it will be and is an annual conference, and uh, it's bigger and better this year. We've got... Uh, We've got a guy coming from the States called Kelly McDonald Jr. And uh, he, he's an evangelist over there who really specializes in Hebraic roots. And, uh, and also just preparing yourself to live a life of holiness uh, in preparation for the Lord's coming. Uh, but we also have uh, a, a pastor on the north side, Pastor Chris Twin, who uh, himself grew up in Israel um, and is now pastoring on the north side of, uh, of uh, Brisbane. And uh, he too is a specialist in Hebraic roots coming from an a Jewish background, and uh, both of them will be speaking uh, alongside myself, uh, talking about the coming kingdom, talking about the return of the Lord, and and what it means to actually live as a as in the last days church. I know one of your favourite sayings is, "If his first coming is the good news, then his second coming is the great news." What is so great for Christian believers to have this anticipation about the second coming of Christ? Yeah, sure. I absolutely love talking about the great news of Jesus Christ. And we certainly do know the good news. And the good news is, is at the, the cross of Calvary, uh, Jesus established a, a kingdom which we can step into and we can live a life of righteousness through Jesus Christ, fully accepted by God. Uh, but the reality is that the kingdom doesn't stop at Calvary. Uh, the gospel doesn't stop at Calvary. Matter of fact, if you want to preach the full gospel, then we have to preach the fact that Jesus is coming to establish a kingdom of peace, worldwide prosperity, where there will, no one will lack anything. There, there will be no need for hospitals. There will be no disease. There'll be no evil. There'll be no suffering. And uh, King Jesus will rule and reign out of Jerusalem as a world leader. Interestingly, Josh, sometimes people argue over what might happen in a timeline at the end of days and uh, people taking scriptures from all over the place and putting them all in order and saying this is the way it's going to happen. Now, people argue over a lot of that sort of thing, but the thing that nobody argues about 
is the fact of his promised return and that he'll be faithful and fulfill that promise. This is the thing that unites, I imagine, most Christian believers, uh, not arguing over the details, but having this appreciation that births in the heart a real hope for the future. Yeah, absolutely. And you've absolutely nailed it. There, there is some minor disagreement on, on the exact timeline and maybe some of the details in our future. Uh, but in actual fact, I think a great deception has come across, uh, has come upon the church in, in that we shouldn't talk about that because all it stirs up is disagreement. I, I couldn't disagree more. I, I actually believe that we agree on 95%. That's a lot to agree on. Uh, and essentially what we agree on is, is much more important than what we disagree on, you know. But at the end of the day, there might be three and a half years or seven years difference in a few of our details. Uh, but in actual fact, all the big bullet points is the fact that Jesus is king, he's living, he's returning, he's coming to establish his kingdom of peace on earth and goodwill to all men. And and this is a great common unity that uh, that is right across the breadth of Christianity and the more we focus on that, I think the more you will realize that, that we've got a powerful message to bring to the world. How inspirational is it, do you think, when Christian believers have an appreciation of the soon coming king, uh, that he could come at any moment? And sometimes that looks different to some. People talk about a rapture. Others say there's a second coming in Jesus' feet on the Mount of Olives. People think about the second coming in all sorts of different ways. But to have this anticipation in our hearts of a soon coming king, what ought that do to the life of a believer today? Look, I, I really I really believe uh, the expectation of Jesus' return is one of the design features of the gospel. Uh, as a matter of fact, Jesus himself is the originator of this teaching of imminency. Um, the disciples asked him, walking out of Jerusalem, they said, Jesus, tell us about the end times and, and how it's all going to go down. Now, notice what Jesus didn't say. He didn't say, look, boys, you don't need to worry about that. Uh, he didn't say, look, that's for me to know and, and for you never to find out. Uh, matter of fact, he actually gave his longest answer he ever gave to any question he was ever asked. He gave the most detail in an answer when he was asked about the end times. Matthew 24, Matthew 25, two whole chapters of answer. And in Matthew 24 and 25, we find three interesting parts of that answer. One is a parable about a wicked and a faithful servant. The next is the parable of the uh, wise and foolish virgins. And the one is the parable of the talents. And and I think these are design features of the gospel. That When we understand what Jesus' message is, is the fact that the first coming was the good news, the second coming is the great news, that he came the first time to remove evil in us, but the second time he's coming to remove evil from the world, so that when he does remove evil from the world, he doesn't need to remove us with it. But when that happens, we need to be wise. We need to be faithful. And with the resource that he's put into our lives, we need to make sure that we're being ready for the return of the king. Is it a fair enough thing to say that when Jesus shares those parables and, uh, you know, the, the wise and foolish virgins and the talents and uh, the other one you mentioned was... The wicked and the faithful servant. Okay. There is a theme between those three that says you can't afford to be complacent. You can't right. just put your life on hold and go and wine and dine and uh, eat, drink and be merry. Uh, this is not a time for that. What is supposed to happen in the life of a believer if you're going to be uh, like the wise virgins and uh, oil in the lamp, uh, those sorts of images that we get from those uh, from those scriptures? How do you see uh, the message in there? 
Absolutely. Look, I think as Christians, occasionally we take a very small section of that answer. Like I said, it was two chapters of answer. Uh, But there's this little small verse in there where Jesus said, look, no one knows the day or the hour. And I think uh, the way we take that at times or the way we want to take it at times is, look, you're never going to know, so don't worry about it. And we almost have a, okay, the school teacher said I don't need to do my homework type response to that part of Jesus' answer. But I actually think that's the wrong way to take it. I think what he's saying there is that you need to be ready at all times. Uh, You don't know when I'm coming, so just always be ready. Live like I'm coming tomorrow. Build like I'm coming in a thousand years' time. I think that really is the proper posture of a Christian. Um, And I think when we think about the return of Jesus, what we need to understand is that when we live ready, we tend to live holy and pure lives before the Lord, which is a great way to live as a Christian. But we also live with an urgency to preach the gospel. And I really believe after everything that Jesus went through to make sure it's possible for everyone to enter into his kingdom, I think living with an urgency to get the message out there is probably a great response. Well, we're talking about a conference that's coming up on the 23rd and 24th of June. Josh Pello is pastor at the... Josh Pello is pastor at the City Point Pine Rivers Church. That's going to be the venue for the Future Hope Conference. That's on Old Gympie Road in Kalanga on the north side of Brisbane. Uh, There is a website where you can get some details, justonemedia.com, and you'll be able to find out about the conference. We'll continue our conversation and talk some more about the second coming of Christ in just a short while. Taking a little time out to think of and talk around some of the issues to do with one of the greatest issues of hope in the heart for Christian believers. And that's not a wish type hope, but an assured hope that there is a second coming of Jesus Christ, the soon coming King. And there's a conference that's on that's about this particular topic, the return of the King. It'll be on in Brisbane on the 23rd and 24th of June. And the pastor of the church called City Point Pine Rivers is hosting that conference called the Future Hope Conference. Josh Pello is with us. Josh, when we talk about Jesus and he's saying to the disciples, no man knows the time. No one knows the hour of his return. Uh, I'm impressed with your uh, thoughts about the fact that when Jesus says those things, he's not saying it to keep us in the dark. It's like uh, a little carrot out in front of you, or uh, it's not the idea of uh, hiding these things like a hide-and-seek game. But it does something for the believer, which means that we're not going to be complacent. We're not going to be just waiting it out until that time comes. What should the Christian believer be doing in anticipation of the return of Christ? Yeah, like I said, I, I think I think knowing that Jesus could come tomorrow but living like he's coming in a thousand years' time is probably a great posture of wisdom in, in a mature Christian. Uh, we need to obviously know that, that Jesus could turn up at any time. Um, and what that does in the life of a believer is, first of all, it, uh, it helps us live with hope uh, because we know that the future is in Jesus' hands. He holds the future. As a matter of fact, a reoccurring name of God in the book of Revelation over 20 times is God Almighty. And that's a, that's two Greek words there that uh, essentially means to hold and another Greek word which means everything. Um, and so the reoccurring theme in the book of Revelation is that God holds everything. And so 
If it's tomorrow, that's because Jesus planned it that way. If it's in 500 years' time, it's because Jesus planned it that way. And so what that gives me in today, in 2017, is an assurance that Jesus holds time, he holds the world, he holds all plans of God in his hands. And so it gives me a hope to live for today. Uh, But like we just previously mentioned, it also makes sure that I live a holy and pure life before the Lord because I just do not know when the master will return. I don't know when the king is going to return. So today I need to live a life that's holy and pure. But it also makes sure that I get next door to my neighbor and share the good news with him because goodness knows how many days I've got to actually let my neighbor know, hey, Jesus is coming and the invitation stands for you to enter into his kingdom today. You mentioned Matthew chapter 24, and there's some parables in there that Jesus was telling. And, uh, you know, if we talk about that parable of uh, of the talents, it means don't just waste your time and bury your gift in the ground. Go and invest it and do the best thing you can with your life. There's some other things, though, in Matthew chapter 24, too, which describe things that will happen in the earth, uh, Uh, things that are very difficult times, challenges, things that will shake the earth. Uh, And sometimes I get this, I'm suspicious that some Christians are a little fearful of what might happen in the end times. What are your thoughts if you're anticipating the soon coming, second coming of Christ, uh, the idea of being fearful and cowering while you wait, or... In actual fact, being encouraged and strengthened by the sentiments of understanding Jesus coming. Sure, we we, we do have to balance this. Um, And and I think there's a great wisdom that comes through the scripture and the way that Jesus handles this. On the one hand, uh, we need to be careful to understand that imminency doesn't mean soon. And and sometimes we perceive imminency to mean soon. It doesn't. It just means it could happen at any moment. Uh, So we need to keep that in mind. However, as much as Jesus said, that, that one little verse where he says, no man knows the day or the hour, uh, what he actually also said to, to the multitudes and, and also to the Pharisees is he actually rebuked them for not knowing the season in which they lived. Uh, now, Jesus himself, the, the king of the universe, said to the people that were standing in front of him in his first coming, uh, this is not good that you did not realize the season and the times in which you lived. And I really hope and, and I pray uh, that there won't be a future generation, and certainly, hopefully, not this generation, uh, that will also maybe potentially open themselves to that same rebuke of not knowing the season in which they live. Uh, there was actually three guys, well, more than three, actually. We don't know how many there were. We just know that there were some wise men uh, who knew the season in which they lived, and they journeyed quite away uh, with gold, incense, and, and frankincense, and myrrh. Uh, to come and meet their king because they were wise enough in their interpretation with the scripture to understand the times and the season in which they lived. And and they will be forever known in scripture and, and in generations to come as the three wise men. How do you think of seasons today when you look at the news headlines and there are so many dreadful things that are happening around the world? Uh, there are those who will try and uh, read into the headlines some of those issues from the Bible and even from uh, Matthew chapter 24. There is a sense in which you could be led to believe that the season is now. And there might have been times previously in history when that's been the case as well. But but things certainly look very much like a season described in the scriptures that the end times could be close. 
Absolutely, and, and you know, I'm the first to admit that there, you know, there have been other times in history that that uh, that the generation living at that time could have said that this is the end. However, that's not how we measure prophetic time, and it's not how God measures prophetic time. Prophetic time is measured on Israel's clock. And uh, in 1948, uh, Israel became a nation. 1967, they got Jerusalem back. And there are definitely things of prophetic fulfillment happening, not because of wars and rumors of wars, but because of things happening in Israel, to Israel, and with Israel. So when we look at Israel, uh, what we need to uh, have a perception of is is what's happening in their season, uh, which will be a great indication of what's about to happen on God's prophetic time clock. And if you look at Israel, they are established, which is an absolute miracle. Nobody saw that coming. A nation was born in a day. And, you know, prophetic uh, theologians uh, right across the world are fairly unanimous in saying that uh, really the establishment of Israel was the fulfillment of Ezekiel 37. Well, straight after Ezekiel 37 is Ezekiel 38, where the nations will rise against uh, Israel and try to wipe her off the face of the map. So the question we need to ask ourselves as the church and believers is not so much, you know, uh, you know, how many days until Jesus returns, but really a, a, a question that's going to give us great insight as to where we are prophetically is how long can Israel last as a nation before the nations around her uh, actually just have enough of her and just want to wipe her off the face of the map? And it, it, in my opinion, I'm not sure how many more decades or centuries Israel can survive before the nations around her I just want to wipe her off the face of the map. Sometimes we talk about signs and those things that happen with the nation of Israel, signs for us. Signs point to a direction, and sometimes we're assuming that the signs point forward. But oftentimes when we're talking about the king of all kings, uh, the sign actually points back to that most significant time of history when Jesus Christ hung on the cross and when he rose again. When we see these things, is that an appropriate thing to say, that the signs actually point to Jesus at the cross, dealing with our sin and his resurrection, his proof that he is the Son of God? Yeah, really good question. Look, Jürgen Moltmann put this, puts this beautifully when he says that you cannot separate Christology and eschatology and you can't separate eschatology from Christology, which is just a fancy way of saying you can't separate the cross and Calvary with the second coming of Jesus. And, you know, I 100% agree with that sentiment. And uh, some people say to me, oh, you're that guy who loves to preach on the end times. And, and I jokingly and with a bit of a wink in my eye often say back to them, no, I just love to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, because I believe that you cannot separate his first coming from his second coming. I believe it is the same gospel. Uh, and in actual fact, for every time that the Bible prophesies his first coming, uh, the Bible actually prophesies his second coming or talks about his second coming eight times. For every mention of his first coming, there's eight mentions of his second coming. And, and so we have to be careful not to separate the two. Uh, they are the same kingdom. Uh, you know, one was established spiritually at Calvary, and the physical fulfillment of that is about to happen in somewhere in our future. But don't be mistaken by our perception of time. It, it is the same gospel. It is the same salvation. It is the same kingdom, the kingdom of Jesus Christ, our returning king, uh, which is probably the best message that we have to the world. 
Well, let me point people to the conference that's coming up in Brisbane. So for listeners in southeast Queensland, northern New South Wales, you may be able to be a part of the conference. It's called the Future Hope Conference. It'll be on the 23rd and 24th of June. It'll be uh, hosted at the City Point Pine Rivers. It's called the Future Hope Conference. And the City Point Pine Rivers is on Old Gympie Road at Kalanga in Brisbane. Uh, Pastor Josh Pello, our guest today. And just to mention too that sessions from that conference, as I understand it, will be available online after the conference when you go to the website where you can register for the conference, justonemedia.com. That's justonemedia.com. Josh Pello, great to hear your insights. Thanks so much for sharing them with us today on 2020. It's an absolute pleasure, Neil. Thanks for having me. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.